Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My sister-in-law, Kari Vadis, is a white woman serving as a Lutheran pastor in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. In July, Kari held a public conversation on Zoom with Joe Davis, an African-American man who tours the country as a spoken word poet, artist, educator, and speaker. Joe is based out of Minneapolis. Their conversation was entitled, A Poet and a Pastor. And Joe and Kari discussed matters of faith, race, and bridge building. Kari started off their conversation by sharing an experience of something that happened to her when she was in college back in the 90s at Sonoma State University in Northern California. Kari was hanging out in the student activities office, and there were two black students there, both young women who met each other for the first time there in that office. During their introductions, one of the students shared that she was part of a predominantly white sorority on campus. In fact, she was its only black member. This student had been adopted by a white family at a young age, and so the vast majority of this young woman's social connections were in areas of society that were predominantly white. This student shared that she chose this quote-unquote white sorority because she felt more comfortable there. And she admitted to the other black student, I just don't feel accepted by the black community because of my experience. The other student was a member of the historically black sorority. And she received this young woman with, with a lot of grace and understanding. But she wondered aloud if joining the black sorority would actually help this student find a sense of community and belonging that was missing for her. So my sister-in-law, Kari, witnessing this conversation realized that she was actually observing a very meaningful interaction that was taking place between these two students. The student in the black sorority went on to share more about her organization's benefits for black students and even revealed that legendary civil rights activist Rosa Parks was a member of the sorority. At this point in the conversation, my sister-in-law, Kari, got confused. Didn't you have to be a college student to be part of a sorority? Was this woman saying that Rosa Parks was a student at Sonoma State University? And so, in typical 19-year-old fashion, without a lot of thinking, Kari blurted out, who's Rosa Parks? Kari says the room went silent as her embarrassing question filled the air. Across the room, an older white woman who had also observed this conversation stood up 
and pointed her finger at Kari. Stupid white girl, she said to her, get out. Can you imagine how Kari must have felt? Here she had been a witness to this important conversation about belonging and connection between two young black women, and she had mucked it all up with her stupid white girl question. Her eyes hot with tears, her face red, Kari ran out of the room, ducked into a nearby bathroom stall, and began to cry. The student who was the member of the black sorority found her. She comforted Kari there in the bathroom and brought her back into the room, where Kari tearfully apologized and explained that she did know who Rosa Parks was. She just got confused. So now, some 20 years later, Kari is on this Zoom call with Joe Davis, reflecting on how this experience has impacted her when it comes to having these important conversations on difficult topics, especially when those conversations bring her face to face with someone from another background. What if I say something stupid again, she said, what if I reveal my lack of knowledge or my lack of sensitivity? It's as if all these years later, she can still hear that woman's judgmental voice, stupid white girl. Well, Joe Davis was so gracious about Kari's embarrassing story. He said that it was so good for Kari to keep showing up, to push past that fear and keep investing in these important conversations when she could. You're gonna mess up, Joe said. You're gonna say something stupid. Just get that knowledge out of the way, he said. Relationships are messy. Having open conversations on matters of race and faith are one of the things that Joe Davis does best. It's his life's work. Elsewhere, Joe has described his work as calling people in as opposed to calling people out. Like the compassionate student who followed Kari into the bathroom stall and brought her back into the conversation, speakers like Joe Davis call people in, not out, so that important and necessary and even messy conversations can occur. Don't you think that the idea of a call-in culture is one that is so refreshing and powerful in this year of 2020 where call-out culture has run rampant with destruction? Today's scripture readings lift up God's countercultural activity of calling people in and calling people together. Today, we'll focus on the Gospel reading, Matthew 18, where Jesus offers sort of a three-step plan on how members might work through conflict within the church community. This reading might bring up some negative memories for us. We've all known someone who was way too eager to point out another person's faults 
And certainly this passage could be used in the church to give people like that an excuse to bully or intimidate others, all while justifying their behavior through Scripture. Well, a few things must be kept in mind when encountering this passage. The process Jesus described is meant to restore relationship between two people who are in conflict and regain the one who has lost his way. This passage immediately follows Jesus' parable about the lost sheep. If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not do everything possible to bring back the one? The heavenly Father's will is that none of these little ones should be lost. The church community needs to be prepared to handle conflict because wherever there is a community of people, there is sin and thus conflict. We all long for a promise of that utopian community where, as the old song goes, everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. But as it turns out, the community of sinners that God calls us into is messy. There is the risk of saying something stupid or insensitive. This life we share together can at times be difficult and challenging. When confrontation does occur, its purpose is to restore people back to, to right relationship. Its purpose is to call them back together in. Confrontation is not meant to simply call people out and make them feel small. What's more, we do not engage in these messy conversations alone. Christ has promised to be present with us. As Jeff said earlier, you've likely heard Matthew 18:20 quoted before, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. I know I've heard this quoted for years as we gather together for worship or prayer or study, but I'm not sure I ever really made the connection that Jesus was giving this promise and it's set in times of conflict. In the midst of these difficult conversations is where Christ has given this promise. When you gather for tough talks like these, Jesus is saying, there I am among you. One of the things that church leaders are worried about in 2020 is that when this pandemic is over, people will be way less likely to gather together for Christian community again. It can occur to even the most faithful Christian as she sits down to watch church service on the television. Hi, guys. Uh, this is pretty nice, you know? I could get used to this. No tight-fitting pants, no people, no drama, just me, my cup of coffee, and God. I'll admit, I've had a few moments like that in recent months, and I don't bring this up to make anybody feel bad for worshiping at home right now. Most of you are exactly where you need to be. But that feeling that maybe you'd like to do this forever, I understand that temptation 
Where there's no community, there's no confrontation. There is a sense in which that is so dangerously appealing. We might describe this temptation as being part of an opt-out culture, as opposed to being part of a call-out culture. But you won't find Jesus on those sidelines eating Cheetos on the couch with those who are opting out of life in community. Remember that Jesus is doing the work of calling people in, calling people together. Where confrontation is dealt with in love, where the work of reconciliation is being done, when those two or three are having a messy conversation, when they're gathered in Jesus' name, he'll be there. Jesus is doing the work of calling people in, and that's ultimately the work that he calls us into as well. In Jesus Christ, God has established a relationship with sinners, imperfect people like you and me. He came down and broke bread with the messiest of sinners and outcasts, calling them in to God's reign of mercy and grace. Jesus confounded the religious leaders who were all caught up in the schemes of their own call-out culture. He confounded those who thought that being holy meant you opted out of being in relationship with those who are troublesome, those who society deemed as less than perfect. Jesus' work of inspiring repentance, forgiving sins, and calling people in was rejected by those in power, and he was sent to die on a cross. But three days later, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he rose again, proving that his reconciling work rooted and grounded in love would never be stopped by the forces of self-righteousness, exclusion, and hate. He is still here by His Spirit, calling us to gather in community in the ways that are possible, even now, to encourage each other by His Word. Those conversations that bring you together with other Christians, those conversations that inspire you to reach out across dividing lines, those are the conversations desperately needed in the times we live in. Faithful Christians aren't called to opt out, and they're not called to call out, but join Christ in the work of calling others in. So what conversations is God calling you to have in your own life? Is it with a family member? Is it with a friend? Is it with one from whom you are estranged? Is it with someone you've been meaning to get to know better, someone whose insight and experience can benefit you and challenge you in ways that allow you to grow as a person of faith? Our world is in definite need of some reconciling conversation, so don't opt out, don't call out, but engage. May God bless you in the midst of these conversations 
And may you remember this, where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, their God is in your midst. Amen.